0: what's up you crazy bastards welcome to another week of e-crime bites this is where i research the court documentation and roast the criminals so you don't have to holy shit this is season three episode six and this one is cyber stalking for china okay this is a bonkers case absolutely bonkers case when i read this i did another one Trust me. I try to bring every week to you. I try to bring a case that doesn't seem real. And this is another one of those that just doesn't seem real when you read it. So stick with me and I'm going to explain this to you. But before we get there, I thought I'd share some personal information with you. So you probably are watching me on YouTube right now. And one of the side effects of having a podcast on YouTube is everybody under the sun wants to sell you these fake YouTube subscribers. I mean, just hundreds of people will connect on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, whatever social media you have out there, they'll try to connect with you and they'll say, Hey, would you like me to sell you a thousand subscribers? So that way you can monetize your channel. Now that's not my number one priority here. So I kind of fuck with the spammer a little bit. This person just unsolicited, just started contacting me about uh, these subscribers and not just once, just over and over and over months after months and this guy just wouldn't go away so i figure i'm just going to use him as the opening joke in this week's episode so here you go i'm going to pop a communications that i had with him on the screen earlier and this is yesterday he just popped this like this ad it's like you know youtube subs discount price which stands for subscribers and it's for valentine's day like i'm going to be so goddamn romantic i'm going to be like you know what you know what wife I would really like for you to buy me some subscribers this year. Fuck the candy. Fuck everything else. YouTube subscribers. That's how you can show your love to me this year. I'm sure that's what people say. Not in my case. So in this case, he sends me this picture. And for video viewers, I know you're probably like, why the hell is he reading this to me? And it's because I have people that just listen to this as well. I have audio only podcast on the other side of this. So I'm going to read it to you. So I get sent this message and I'm like, what the hell is this guy sending me this time? So I sent him a question mark and he goes, do you want to grow your YouTube channel? And at this moment I was working and I was like, all right, I'm going to screw with this guy. And I said, not at all. I have way too many subscribers. Sometimes when I get a new subscriber, I will get so angry that I will swear at them, hoping that they will unsubscribe. And then there was a pause and I'm thinking, all right, what's this guy thinking now? And he comes back to me and he says, are you not happy when the channel subscribers increase? And I said, not at all. Sometimes I will stalk them on the internet and then I will troll them on other social media, just in hopes that they will unsubscribe for me. And there's about a three minute pause. I'm thinking, all right, this is going to make him go away. And he comes back and he goes. Exactly. I'm thinking, what the fuck? He must be chat GPT at this point because I don't know. I don't know why he said exactly. So there's a time goes by and he says, if you want to grow your channel, then I can help you grow your channel organically. And I thought, all right, no, I'm looking for ways to get rid of my subscribers. I just cannot keep up with the pressures of producing for 369 people. And I will tell you, that's that's where we last left this conversation. So stick with me. Maybe in an episode or two, he'll come back with a new, <laughs> new response and we'll see what he has to say. So the moral of the story is, if you send me unsolicited communications trying to sell me fake subscribers on YouTube, I'm going to make fun of you in the podcast. Okay. So you just got made fun of. All right, so this case, let's get right to this because this is totally bonkers. I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name. I did my best. I went out there on Google. I looked up how to pronounce it, listened to it. Here we go. His name is Xiaolei Wu, and I'll spell it for you. X-I-A-O-L-E-I. That's his first name. Sounds like it's pronounced Xiaolei, and then his last name is just W-U. Woo. I'm going to be saying woo the rest of this, the whole rest of this podcast, because I don't want to keep murdering his last name. I try to respect people as much as possible. You know, when it comes to things like names and pronouns and stuff like that, I, I make an effort. And I'm going to make an effort here not to murder his name and just say woo from the from here on to the end. All right. So the crime here is just solidly cyber stalking, just cyber stalking. <laughs> We've given you cyber stalking cases before and yeah, they've been scary, but just the way this guy talks to the victim over a political ad is just, in my opinion, in my opinion, incredibly creepy. And it's this political motivation. This is the reason why I picked this case. I see a lot of cyber stalking cases and I try to look at them and say, Oh, well that has an interesting twist to it. This one the person was not cyberstalk because they were a love interest or because they weren't promoted at work or some weird thing like that. It was because of a political viewpoint. Okay, I don't even want to say ad or anything like that. It's a, a politically based, and it's hard to even say political, it's pro-democracy in China. Okay, and that's the reason why... There is cyber stalking in this case, and that blew my mind. The technology in this case, I'm not going to get real deep on you. I try not to in our episodes. We're going to talk about three main general things. We're going to talk about this thing called WeChat, which is a Chinese-based social media app, or I said social media, but it's also social communications app. You can think of like Instagram chat in a way, but it's got a whole bunch of other stuff attached to it so if you're not familiar with it I was trying to give you something that you might think of that's close to it think of it as like a chat program but there's like payments and a whole bunch of other stuff that you can do in here that we're not even going to talk about because it's not important to this case we're also going to talk about Instagram and we're also going to talk about just generic email those are the tools here those are the hacker tools that we usually bring you very generic in this case you don't have to um, understand anything about exploits or anything else that sometimes I have to explain to you in length for you to even get the case. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Today, this is act number one of two acts. Okay, act number one, this is called the tip off line. Okay, and you're probably like, why is it called the tip off line? I name these things, so you have to think, I have to listen to the content to figure out what he meant. Okay. So the tip off line, we're going to explain that in a minute. So before we get there, I got to give you some background and kind of set the stage of the story here. There is this college. It's called the Berkeley College of Music. Now, I know it's Berkeley out in California. Now this is on the East Coast, spelled B-E-R-K-L-E-E, So it's spelled differently. So it's the Berkeley College of Music and it's berkeley.edu, B-E-R-K-L-E-E.edu. Go, go there and check it all out. It's, they've got a ton of stuff for you. Now I went there cause I was like, how big are they? Where are they? You know, how, how big are they a student body wise? How big are they building wise? And I found out that they are about 8,000 students to be exact. They say that there's 7,943 students about 6000 of them are there full time and then about 2000 are there on a part time enrollment basis. And I'm going to just pop their or I've had their their homepage popped on your screen there you can see just the different places that you can go check out. They've got um, you know affiliate programs in different countries and different cities and you know it's it's pretty much your typical college website but it's geared towards the musical student now i i apologize if i if i'm saying it wrong like musical student because i i've been a student i've never been in the music program so if there's a better way of saying it please put it in the comments i'm happy to correct myself so then after i figured out hey they're they're pretty big college they got thousands of students they're not a very small college of just hundreds of students and i said how big are they geographically and i pulled up the map that you have on your screen right now this is actually through their webpage. and you can see there's several buildings and it's not just a city block it's several city blocks that they're spread out over that's all those little orange um like those polygons and stuff that they Um, outline there for you those are all the different buildings that they own and teach courses in okay so that's the college now we're gonna zero in on somebody at that college we're gonna zero in on mr wu okay he is going there as a student he was born in beijing china and so i read that his primary language is actually mandarin Depending on who you ask, either the defense or the government later on, one side says he knows English really well, and I just murder the word English, so you can make fun of me there, but he, one side says he knows English really well, and then the other side says he didn't know English at all. He just was, could barely get by while he was here in the U.S. So take that for what it's worth as I tell you this story, Okay. So in 2021, he entered the USA under this thing called an F1 visa, and it's a visa so a student can come over here and do their education. He's there to be at the Berklee College of Music, and this college, by the way, I didn't mention it, but it's in Boston, Massachusetts. So if you're from out of country and you wonder how big of a urban area this would be, Boston's pretty urban. I mean, it's not the biggest of cities that we have, but it's a city, okay? So it's not out in the sticks. It's definitely in an urban area that all this goes down. So he was there in 2021. Some time goes by. He's been there for a little while. It's now fall of 2022. He was in an apartment building near the Berklee College of Music campus in Boston at this point. So he wasn't living on campus, but he was living Pretty darn close to campus. And so there's an FBI later on. I got to, I mean, surprise, surprise. He gets caught. There's an FBI agent later on that does an investigation. And that FBI agent finds out that Wu was actually a user of WeChat. Specifically, a screen name that I'll read to you first. Well, I'm just going to read this to you because I can't even pronounce this. It's A-L-D-I-M-E-O-W-U. Aldi Mewu? I don't know. I think I saw meow in there. I saw woo in there. I'm not really sure what he's trying to do with that. Hey, if you know, please leave a comment. Cause uh, we, I, I, listen, I've had listeners leave comments about things. I didn't know when I've said, leave a comment. And it's awesome. It's so awesome because I do so much research and sometimes I find these little things. I'm like, I don't know why this is. And someone's like, Oh, you dummy. It it's because of this. And I'm like, I never looked at it that way. That's awesome. So if you know what this is, I'm curious what it is. It looked like meow at first. And then I had his last name, a woo in there and I just couldn't place it, but he was on WeChat. WeChat has a billion active users. It's really heavily used as text messaging, voice messaging, photo, and video sharing, payment and all sorts of stuff. It's basically what I understand. Elon Musk wants to make Twitter slash X into he wants to do that for everywhere else but China, because China's already done this with WeChat, from what I understand. So Wu is in WeChat and he's in this WeChat group. And the WeChat group's name is just called Berkeley Class of 2024. Okay. So it's just like, I was in this just even recently when I went through and got my PhD. It was really, really great web or online resource where you could go in there and say, hey... Is anybody taking this class? Do you have any pointers or recommendations or, Hey, um, I'm lost on campus. Can somebody point me to a dry cleaner or just, you know, anything you want to ask, you can usually find it in these type of chat areas. So I imagine he's there because there are other foreign students who probably feel lost in the U S and it's just a place where you can go and say, Hey, um, what's a great place to eat. So he's there. It's under Berkeley class of 2022, just a very generic class topic area. So I'm saying this because it's like, it's, it's college wide. It's not just based on the saxophone players or the jazz players or anything like that. It sounds very, very college wide. And this is going to come into play in a minute. So Wu is also a user of Instagram. He uses the same sc- screen name of A-L-D-I-M-E-O-W-U, which at times looks like Al dime o Wu. I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, this is Mr. Wu. I've had him on your screen here for a little bit, and I've got him on there now. This is the one that I found that he posted of himself on Instagram. I really try to bring you original stuff. This is his picture he posted of himself. That's why I used it. So now I've given you background on the college. I've given you background on Mr. Wu. We got to start putting some of this together. But first, I got to give you a real quick background on what happened to make, I don't want to say to make this crime happen, but what set Mr. Wu off? So he went on his crime spree, okay? So there's this flyer that's posted on October 22nd of 2022. And I have a picture. I'm going to put it on your screen as I describe it to you now. There's a victim that posted this flyer. All she did was write this flyer, and it doesn't look that much bigger than maybe a a letter-sized piece of paper. It doesn't look like a giant poster. They keep saying it's a poster. It looks like it's a standard... You know, notebook-sized piece of paper that was handwritten in black marker. So it's not even colorized or anything. It, if I was walking by somewhere and this was on the side of the building, I'm sad to say I probably wouldn't notice it because I don't notice things like that. It's not colorful. It's not. It doesn't draw your eyes or anything like that, okay? And again, I'm describing to you this on purpose, okay? Because you kind of got to be looking for this and then you got to read it because there's a lot of writing on here. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. It says, we want freedom. We want food on t- our tables. We want to breathe. We want art. We want democracy. We want to love. Stand with Chinese people. Again, I, earlier on, I said this is like a political statement. And I, personally, my, I'm only saying that because most most news Places and even I think the government kind of framed it that way, so that's kind of how I'm bringing it to you. But my personal belief I don't even think this is political, this is just saying, you know, we want a decent place to live. That's all it's saying. You're gonna find that this is a very, this will be taken politically to a lot of Chinese people, or the China, I don't want to place this on anybody, but like the Chinese government. They're very, they wouldn't like this type of statement. Okay. (laughs) You'll see that much here in this case. And so this flyer is out there. And like I said, you wouldn't really notice it walking by, but the victim took a picture of this flyer and posted it to their Instagram account. And that's where we're starting to get the electronic crime portion of this case. Background on the victim here. The victim is a permanent, permanent, lawful US resident with family in China. So you can imagine she lives here, has family in China, but she lives here permanently. She's not here. She was a student at some point, but she's it's not like she has to be a student, has to go back home, okay? The this this poster or this I, I hesitate saying a poster, but this poster that this person posted is now on Instagram. Wu follows her on Instagram and could see this picture. So now this is where we tie the victim to Wu. Wu sees this, it pisses him off apparently. And I say this as me inferring this based upon what he does next, because hold on, October 22nd, 2022, at approximately 10 48 PM. Okay. So this, pictures out there on Instagram. Woo. In this, this Instagram group that I told you about earlier, the, the Berkeley class of 2024. So basically the college wide group in, uh, Oh, did I say Instagram? I meant, uh, in WeChat. So this group that, uh, you know, there's like over 300 members in this group, including the victim who makes a post. And it was in Chinese and there's a translation. So I know I murder these things speaking them and I apologize that I'm going to murder this. It's going to be more murdered because there's a Chinese translation and the guy, you know, well, yeah, it's translated. You're going to see there's a lot of if if he translated stuff here. So it says and it puts the victim names here and it says, don't you fucking post reactionary posters fucking tear all of them you bastard <laughs> i have to laugh he used the word bastards that's my word so he's and i don't laugh at the victim i'm laughing at woo here he says fucking tear all of them you bastard you go to post them at Tiananmen square post more i will chop your bastard hands off and then there's like, there's like three dots. So I don't know what happened in here, but in the court paperwork, they're trying to show you that some time went by, I guess. And then he can, he continues on. And he says, let Barkley, which I imagine is the college, bite your hands off. Not killed by ta- pandemic, but about to be killed by public security. And then I guess he sent an image of law enforcement personnel because he's threatening her at this point. He's probably like, here's a picture. Here's a picture of a law enforcement person. you got to be scared. And then later on that night, so this is about, uh, this is the ne- technically the next day, but it's a few hours later. So it's 1.54 a.m. He posts something that says, I already called the tip-off line in the country. The public security agency will go greet your family. Okay, so now you know why I chose the word tip-off line for this act, right? So the tip-off line is apparently this way you can get in touch with the Chinese government to say that these Chinese, I guess, nationals or residents, whoever's living in China, I don't even want to say Chinese because I guess more people live in China than just Chinese, but you can call this line and be like, Keith Jones, uh... Saw him posting these weird posters all over the place that were like, fuck China. And the Chinese government would look at that and I imagine be like, well, that's not a good thing. And if I had friends and family over there would not be would probably start watching what they would be doing, according to what I've read in this court documentation. Okay, so I'm just setting the stage here. You can imagine the victim now has seen him basically say, fucking tear this down or I'm going to chop off your hand, you bastard. And I called the tip-off line in the country, meaning China, because they all share the same nationality or original nationality here. So just to give you some letters and numbers to this, all right, not necessarily numbers, but definitely some letters. When he said tip-off di- line to the country, what this means is the MP. S and this stands for Ministry of Public Security. And then there's the MSS, which stands for the Ministry of State Security. And I apologize. I'm not an expert on anything Chinese culture or legal or anything. What I've learned about the Chinese culture has pretty much been in this case, and it's been a lot, it's been a lot for me. So these are two organizations that I learned about that apparently get involved when your f- friends and family could be investigated for anti-Chinese activities. I hope I said that right. All right. So in the court paperwork terms, they say these agencies investigate quote unquote political dissidents, including those who voice support for democracy. And that's why they're saying these are political posters is because they're pro-democracy in China Well, the person posted it in the US and it's, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel real political to me, but that's how this story has been framed. So you can imagine there's 300 people in there. Someone went, oh, fuck. Wu just threatened somebody, just said they were going to chop off their hands and called her a bastard. Which bastard was kind of a good name. I use that all the time, but said, Wu, called her a bastard. So Berkeley College was like. Uh, we got to do an investigation, right? Because all these people saw it. They went and they said, hey, uh Wu, saw your post in there. <laughs> Realized you probably had a bad day. What did you mean by the term greet? And Wu's was like, oh, I mean, that you probably don't understand Chinese culture. Let me tell you what this means. It means the fucking Chinese government's going to investigate her family and friends. Okay. It means that they're going to investigate her political loyalty to the Chinese government. All right. And Berkeley College, who was probably trying to give them a way out at that point, was like, okay, shit. Didn't expect you to answer that way. Okay. Now, this is important. All right. I'm going to pause. I know I do a lot of pauses for you, and this is so I don't have to back up a lot. This stuff will become important later to the FBI when they do their investigation because they're going to go back and they're going to say, hey, Berkeley College, do you do any type of investigation? They're going to say, yes, we did. And this is what he said. And the FBI is going to say, hey, we like to not do a ton of work. We're just going to copy this, use it as our front page, and then take all of our extra work and put it here. And now we've got double the evidence against this guy. And that's basically what happens in this case. And I want to just point it out now because you're going to see him talking throughout this case. And later on, the FBI is going to go, hey, uh, you don't have to believe us. He said it. All these other cases, that's going to come into play here. It'll make a little more sense later. So at this point, everybody, everybody, the victim, Wu, Berkeley College, and soon the FBI goes, fuck, Wu is threatening her and now Turning her apparently turning her family and friends into the Chinese government by saying they are not pro Chinese. Scary situation for the victim, all right. Now, I learned a little bit in this Chinese research that I've done that the Chinese legal system isn't exactly like the legal system that I bring you every week on the Crime Bites, okay? They, here in the US, you have. The Miranda rights, hopefully have the Miranda rights read to you. And at that point, you should know to shut up. Okay. You can't do that in other countries. In other countries, it's almost expected that you won't shut up because in China, most of the law enforcement cases are solved by confession. Think about that. Most of the cases, the person that's charged says, I did it. So in the court paperwork they say this could be because of torture. It could be because of, you know, people behind it's it's not stand up law enforcement because you have judges and officers that are politically um, they are they're basically supervised by the political system. okay, so there's not an independent, arm in the judicial system. So when you're accused of something in China, I guess it's kind of expected that you'll talk your way out of it or talk your way into it from what I read. Okay, and I I apologize if I got that wrong. And if there's anybody that's an expert on this, please tell us what you know in the comments. I, I, that's what I learned from this case. So just know they usually get confessions in China And that's going to play an important role here when Wu starts making his confession. One of the things I wanted to do was to bring you the next set of threats from Wu. This is on October 23rd of 2022. It's to the same WeChat, Berkeley class of 2024 WeChat group. And it's a much longer post. Now, just bear with me a little bit here. There's a couple things i wanted to read to you here because there's a common theme you've seen of cyber stalking a lot of times where they dox somebody and that's it's d-o-x and it stands for putting somebody's documentation online and that would be like posting here's where santa claus lives it's actually on one main street north pole everybody go out and call that guy fat okay that is what doxing is but it's with a real person and the person on the other end's like holy shit i'm gonna get all this harassment and a lot of times it works people will harass this person this is what happens with woo's post here okay i had to tell you that to give you the background to understand when i just kind of jump in on his post he says this asshole i guess he moved on from moving calling her bastard to asshole now he says this asshole Lived at Greenhouse North, 8th or 9th floor. Don't know if still there. Now, this is important. He says, those living at Greenhouse can go greet this person. That's saying, if you're within physical distance of this person and you want to do anything to them, greet does not sound like a friendly turn at this point when you're referring to the person as asshole, in my opinion. So Wu continues, and he says, The school can also check this person's record. Anyone who has the authority to check or is willing to do so, we would greatly appreciate it. Will play an important role later on. This is why I read this stuff to you. And he finishes with, Be able to check even after graduation. Let's call a spade a spade. Your family could spend money providing for your overseas studies. You fucking should be truly thankful. What the fuck? You have no freedom? I don't know why he ended on the question, but he did. All right. So that was one threat that happened over WeChat the next day on the 24th of October, he sends an email. So it's not like I I think about this from the defense standpoint, right? Where he could be like, Ooh, somebody hacked into my account and I, I wasn't me. Right? No, he gets on his email, his school email, and now sends another threatening email. So it's another channel of communications. Now, For law enforcement, this means interstate communications, all these communications that happen. This WeChat going to China and this um, Berkeley email account is actually a Gmail account, which Google runs, which is out in California. So email goes across the states. That's interstate communications. Now the feds can be involved and the FBI will be involved soon. So Wu sends another email at 2.39 a.m. in the morning. And I don't know if it's like he drinks and all of a sudden it's 2.39 in the morning. And he's like got all the courage and he sends these things or well, what the fuck it is. But he sends them really late. I'm well asleep by this time. He then also, I will tell you up front before I, I read this to you. He, he took this and he took the screenshot of this email and he posted it to his Instagram account. So other people besides him and the victim can read this. Okay. Just keep that in mind as I'm reading it. All right. So he says to the victim, he says, how come no posting today? I heard you are going back to the country. I think you should just cancel your flight ticket. I am afraid the customs may seize you. Put all your family members through political review. You can continue to get hyped by yourself. You put my name on the poster. I have no problem. Best if you find someone to stab me with a knife. I think you only dare to stir up trouble at school. In any case, if you went to Chinatown, Quincy to post, you could be beaten to death by people of the Chamber of Commerce there, and by then no one would rescue you, even if you if nine one one was dialed. Those who follow you to kick up a fuss are all supporters of Hong Kong independence and Taiwan independence, right? Then, as a Chinese growing up in mainland China, you are rather pathetic. No, I don't think you deserve to be Chinese. You don't deserve to hold a red-covered passport. You should wash dishes for the capitalist dogs. Be careful that you get poked with a needle by a homeless person someday when you pass by South Bay, then you get eaten by somebody. Oh, my God. He actually typed this. Yes. All right. Sorry. I'm going to continue. You can join Falun Gong. It seems like it seems place like that can make underclass people like you find a bit of sense of existence. I apologize. I'm reading this verbatim. All right. He goes on to say, Oh, right. You can also sue me for personal attacks against you, but I feel that with your family background, you will not be able to get rid of me. I already got screenshots of your social media accounts, numbers. I also read your records at school. Key point there. I also called the tip-off line in the country. If you can overturn this, I consider you fucking awesome. Don't go back to the country. It's not appealing to you. I hope your family is having a good time being greeted. Be, quote-unquote, safe. Okay, so my God. Oh, my God. So there's probably some translation issues there. They're... There are points where I'm pretty sure he acted like Livia Soprano and acted like the most dramatic person in the world and said things like, you know, if you can overturn this, I consider you fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So this is clearly a threat sent over email, not only email, but his his university email. And then on the same day, Wu took this person's email address and posted it in that WeChat a group with 300 people and says, let's all do it together. Basically implying, let's harass this victim all together." And so, you know, the FBI agent later says, I think Wu was saying, let's harass her. And Keith Jones reading the documentation, I read this and I said, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he threatened her a lot. Well, it's... It's going to catch up with him. Okay. So the college investigates now and he starts, he starts, he starts admitting to more stuff. He, he admits to talking to this other individual that's not the victim, but it's the individual associated with the college who works in the Berkeley college music information technology department. Okay. Okay. Wu came to them and said, can you give me information about this victim? So basically, Wu is not stopping there by threatening people. He is going to other people that would have sensitive information on the victim, like probably where they live, who knows, like registration information, maybe how many credits they had. anything you'd imagine you could get through an IT department of a university. And Wu is going to this person and trying to get it from them. Pretty unbelievable. And Wu doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't deny it. He said, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. So what? I tried to get information. That fucker, that fucker did not like China. So I was trying to find anything I could find out about her. Again, this becomes important because there's a criminal case right around the corner for Wu. And he is talking to his college and saying, I did it. So he also goes on and says, yeah, you know what? I also sent the WeChat messages. Yeah, it was me. It wasn't somebody else. Somebody else didn't hack into my account. It was me. I sent the WeChat messages. I sent the email. I posted shit to Instagram too. I was so pissed off about this person. You can go there and find it. It's public. It's all there. And then, so I imagine that the college is like, oh my God, what do we got going on here? And they're like, so why did you do this? Why? And he goes, I just wanted them to stop posting pro-democracy posters around campus. I just wanted to frighten that person. And I hoped a person would, quote unquote, abuse them online. That was his words. And then he says, I have no sympathy for this victim, no sympathy at all. I think this victim, they pose a serious crime against the people, Republic of China, and they don't deserve to be Chinese and they, they betrayed their home country. And now I understand, okay. I can understand Chinese people believing this about their government and wanting to push this viewpoint. There's a lot of people out there that don't believe this viewpoint. I don't necessarily believe this viewpoint. I'm just going to talk about it neutrally here. So he's basically saying he believes the victim is a criminal. Okay. And that's why he's justifying his actions in this whole thing. It's just, it's just a bonkers. uh, It's a bonkers excuse for doing what he did, in my opinion. All right. So we fast forward a few days after the whole investigation. Berkeley college is probably like, Oh shit okay. Um, all right. And then the victim was like, Oh my God, I'm being threatened. And Berkeley college is like, yep, yep. You're being threatened. And so the victim went to the courts and they said, I need a temporary restraining order against this guy, Mr. Wu, who is threatening me, threatening my family, threatening my friends, threatening everything all over a stupid poster that I posted. And I, I don't mean to me say it's stupid. that The idea is not stupid at all. Pro-democracy, very important. But it's stupid that he threatened me over a pro-democracy poster that most people probably wouldn't even have noticed walking by a store unless you pointed it out to them because it was very small and black and white. That's why I explained to you it was that small and very... You know, not eye-catching. So, the victim is there, November 18th, 2022, and they said, um, yeah, I'm not here with an attorney. I don't I don't even need a fucking attorney. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I, if the victim's watching, I apologize. This is just for the audience. The victim's probably saying, I don't even need an attorney, Mr. Woo. Shh, this is pretty egregious, okay? And just set down the Instagram post and the WeChat posts and the emails, and then the judge looked at it and talked to Mr. Wu, who was also there pro se, which means without an attorney, and says, were you threatening her? And Mr. Wu basically says, yes, yeah. Yeah, I was, all for the same reasons that I talked to you about earlier. I'm not gonna repeat them, but all the same shit that he was talking about earlier to Berkeley College when they investigate him. So now, he's on the record twice in English And in some cases, he's even speaking in his native language. He's on the record saying he did this. He knows he did this. He knows it's a threat, okay? So as you can imagine, December 9th, 2022, which is just a few weeks later, there's a complaint that comes out from the federal government. One count of stalking, and he was arrested on December 14th of 2022. At this time, he was interviewed by FBI agents and during the interview, he provided his password to unlock his phone. So imagine all this evidence, this is the only way I can bring you this case, these cases, all this evidence, this is where they get it, right? I mean, cause he's doing the interviews with these two, he's doing it with the school and he's interviewing with um, uh, the court. He's on the record there and now he's unlocked his phone. So it's got the WeChat messages that match up with the WeChat messages out that the public sees. And all this stuff, now, I mean, it goes together, right? So I put a picture on the screen. This is another new picture of Mr. Wu. This is him sitting in the police interrogation room. And this is where I have to pause on act one for you and say, please like, subscribe, follow, thumbs up, whatever it is on your platform, please that's, that's all I ask you. I don't ask you to buy anything or send me any money. Just do those things. That spreads these videos a little further. If you are able to res- share this video or this audio, I will be so indebted to you. That would be awesome. That would put me in front of people that you would know would like true crime podcasts. So that way, you know, if if you think your friend likes humorous true crime podcasts, then they're more apt to like it than just randomly putting on their Facebook wall, right? That's what I'm saying here. And I would appreciate it if you do share it with your friends. That would mean so much to me. And with that, I'm going to finish pausing on act one here. And we're going to, we're, uh, we're going to implement this pause and we're going to get back with act two and act two is going to be, and, and it's in fact, the idol, the title of act two who's legal troubles, and it's going to be all about him <laughs> being, interviewed and then you know what happens to him in court and you know what what the disposition is in this case in court and it basically ties up this case so stick with me hope to see you tomorrow on act two of woos legal troubles thanks Bye.